Welcome to Living Southern Oregon, a podcast dedicated to discovering and exploring all Southern Oregon has to offer. I'm your host, Simona Fino, and I will be introducing you to the people who live here, the things they love, and what makes Southern Oregon a magical place to call home. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of Living Southern Oregon. I am so excited to introduce you all to Jackie O'Bear. She is the director and founder of the Ashland Folk Collective. Her future husband, Dan Sherrill, is the co-founder and technical director, and the newest member of their family, Fable, has seen over 20 shows in 10 months of life. That's a record, I think. Jackie enjoys spending her days bringing artists together, planning concerts, and going for long walks with her baby. She moved to Southern Oregon in 2011. Welcome, Jackie. Thanks for having me. I'm surprised Fable's not here. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) He's asleep. He's asleep. Good. (laughs) 20 shows is a lot of shows Mm -hmm. for a little while. That's exciting. Getting them introduced to music right away. Yeah. He loves it. So you moved here in 2011. Mm -hmm. What... How did that move? Well, I grew up in Philadelphia. I grew up um, in Pennsylvania, and I was kind of an odd duck, like a little bit more progressive than most people in that area. So I was ready to leave after I graduated college. My sister, Danny was living here. She was studying at, I think it's AIM, the massage school in Ashland. And she invited me to come. She's like, come out. I'm having a baby. You can help me raise my baby and you can visit the West coast. I'd only been to LA like traveling through. So I drove across the country alone and stopped in San Francisco and was like instantly like, Nope, not for me. And then I drove up the one Oh one and saw all the beautiful beaches in California and landed in the, the green Springs on her farm. And she had a baby and it was my sister and her partner, who was a musician, and their daughter, Eowyn, and, and me living on this farm. And I was there for five days, and I was like, I love Oregon. Like, I'm good. Like, I didn't, I thought I wanted, I thought I wanted to live in the city. No, I thought I wanted to live in the cities. I was like a city girl up until then. And I landed in Ashland and, and the country around it, and I was just like, this place is amazing. I felt instantly happier. Like, healthier and happier within weeks of living in Oregon. Like, cool. I'm, I'm here. You're going to stay. And that, yeah. And that was 11 years ago. Wow. And I never went anywhere else. <laughs> like I traveled. Didn't like, even explore. I traveled, you know, we, um, I was a touring musician for like five years. So I've done a ton of traveling up in like Washington and Idaho and Colorado and California. And I'm always happy to, to come back to Ashland to Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it? You see, I know you said something about the nature, and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting that you thought you were a city person. Totally. <laughs> What's that transition been like? How is how has that been kind of coming to the country? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Ashland is clearly. I mean, the Rogue Valley is a really unique area that we have access to, like world class theater, amazing restaurants. So it doesn't feel like rural. I know that Ashland is too small for a lot of people, but for me it has enough amenities and then just like the, you know, endless nature. 
I've been here for so long and there are still so many hikes, so many areas unexplored and like waterfalls and lakes. And, you know, it just, I felt healthier in that environment. I was like, oh, I'm happier and healthier. Um, and I feel like every year I live here, I'm happier. So it's hard to go anywhere else and, and be like, I'm doing great. I feel really, you know, part of the, the community and all the things that my body needs and my spirit needs are fulfilled mm -hmm. in this area. And um, I feel really lucky that I found this place. It's totally changed my lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Healthier and happier is high on most everyone's mm -hmm. list, right? Totally. So that is, you got to pay attention when that happens. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I discovered kale when I came to Oregon. <laughs> I never had kale before. And I was really? Like, no. Okay. Like, I didn't grow up with, like, you know, I grew up eating the standard American diet. Mm. And then I came out here. I was like, oh, food. Organic food. Farms. Farms. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just, Not just organic. Yeah. Just it's such a yeah. closer connection to food. Mm -hmm. And then we have the co-op. It's like... I mean, I could talk about the co-op for days. <laughs> so be an interview just about that. <laughs> we'll definitely put them in the show because if people want to get their grocery shopping on, the co-op is definitely yeah. a hot spot. And that's where you're, you will find Dan and Fable and I like multiple times a day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good one. Good and then we have so many CSAs, so many mm -hmm. community-supported agriculture yeah. and getting those boxes and getting that direct from the farms I know. is incredible that it we is. have so many of those. So yeah. yeah, I'm with you on the food. Yeah, the food is top notch here. So how did you start? You're one of the founders. Tell me about mm -hmm. Ashland Folk Collective and kind of what they're about and how they got their start mm -hmm. and where it, so it sounds like you were a musician, right? Yes. That was already yeah. something that was in yeah. your world and in your blood. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I moved to the farm, and I wasn't a musician at that point. I was, like, very awkward. I mean, I'm still pretty awkward, but I love singing, but, like, would never sing in front of anyone. And then I moved to the farm where my sister was living, and her partner is a mandolin player. My sister's a banjo player. And then Dan, my fiancé, he moved down from Portland and moved on to the farm with us within, like, six or seven months of us living there. And they're all musicians. Like That's all what they're doing. Dan is a guitar player. And so they're always playing music. And I was like, if I don't join in, like, I'm just on the sidelines. Like, I, I'm not participating in what's happening. And music was what was happening. So a band started, and, and it was called Patchy Sanders. And I was like, okay, well, I better get some courage and sing. Because, I, you know, I knew I could sing but I just was very uncomfortable doing it. Um, but the choice was like, be a singer or be a merch girl. Like, I, cause it was, you know, that was my community. That's what we were doing this music. So I was like, okay, I'm going to sing. Cause I'm not going to just be on the sidelines. Like, no thanks. Um, so we did music and we toured for five years. And that was like our full-time, full-time job for, from like, as soon as basically when I moved to Oregon until, my early thirties. And then I was ready to be a mom. I was like, okay, I don't love being, a, I like being a musician, but I don't like touring all the time. Like working, traveling for work 
is a lot. It's just, it's not for me. Like I didn't sleep well. I was pretty grumpy. So <laughs> it was just not for me. Like I need to get back to happy. Yeah. Go back to Ashland. So I was touring less and all of our musician friends who were coming through Ashland are like, where can we play? What's the good venue? And so I started just like helping friends, like this is a good venue or like we can do a house show. And I started to put on concerts just as a volunteer. And it was like, this is a ton of work. And so I, I guess I just like thought of the name, the Ashland Full Collective. Like I really wanted to continue the culture of musicians having networks of just like we're a family and we can support each other because it's a hard industry. It doesn't, at the level we're doing it, it's like not very supported. You're not making a lot of money. Like it's very much for the, the passion. And so I wanted to just create a community where artists could connect with each other and support each other and figure out how we could make money. And just, you know, like when you're touring, musicians are your family because you're on the road so much, but the musicians are the people you see all the time. You see them at festivals. So they become your family. And then I wanted to keep in touch with that family. So the folk collective was at first was just an idea. It was an idea for like a year. It's just a Facebook group where I was like, these musicians are great. And these people are coming through like, you know, at all different venues. It wasn't, you know, we weren't a thing yet. And then this part is fuzzy. I don't really remember when I like <laughs> got, I think I just at some point was like, okay, I'm going to just go for it. I'm going to put on our concerts and see how it goes. And so that was December, 2017 was our first concert. And we put on a concert almost every single month since then. So we're going into our sixth year and it over the years has turned in from like a total volunteer position to it's my full-time job now. And we just hired our first employee, which is amazing. It feels like I feel it feels really good to be able to take a step back from just being in the weeds and like putting out fires mm -hmm. to be able to think about the future and like look at the whole organization. And I feel like I've been really intentional with what we've done, but it feels really good to just kind of do less roles and to be able to do the roles that I'm going to be doing even better. Like, be able to give it my full attention and not just like, okay, I got that job, job done 80%. It's good enough. Now I can spend more time like scouting music. Like I'm always wanting to go see my artists live and for, I mean, COVID happened, so <laughs> it wasn't possible. I'm really feeling a lot of gratitude that we are growing and that we're at the place that we are so that I can have more help so that it can be sustainable mm -hmm. because at some point it's, it has to grow for it to be a long-term organization. Yeah. That's where we are. Yeah. And yeah. that would be a lot of burnout. I would imagine too, if you yeah. keep, try and keep going at that pace and yeah. trying to build more. So congratulations okay. Thank on you. having an employee. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. yeah that's a huge, yeah. There's a lot of people that they like, whatever, like, cool. It's an employee. I'm like, for me, someone who can help me, but yeah, I mean, I was the bottleneck to how many shows we could do. 
because I only had so many, so much energy. I was like, I can't do more than, you know, three to two to three shows a month. And now my employees like bring it on. Like we can do, you know, we can do as many shows as she has the energy for, which she's 20, she's 29. Perfect. So she's got more, <laughs> she's got more energy than me. Yeah. Her name is Hannah Winters. Just a shout out. Yeah. I'm really happy that she's joining the team. Excellent. Yeah. So where do you have your shows? You mentioned, you know, a couple different venues and that, you know, that was one of your things mm-hmm. of initially how you kind of got started with all yeah. this, right? Is helping yeah. people find venues. Where, what kind of venues? And mm-hmm. I, Definitely want to touch on this little trailer that I saw because uh-huh. that also looked really interesting and I know was kind of a product of 2020 yes. and what was going on then. So yeah. yeah, just share with us. Sure. Well, we don't have our own venue. We started at the Headwaters building on 4th Street in Ashland. It was a really small room. It's kind of like a house concert where it's, I think, 50 seats. So really what I do is find a band I like and then find a room that's like generally the right size. Like, okay, I think we can bring 70 people out and find a venue that fits that. So we have maybe worked with 10 different venues and it's just kind of anyone who wants to rent me their space. You know, that's a space that's appropriate that has potentially some lights, a stage. So we work with I think three or four different churches. We have a barn that we've been doing shows at that's really fun. I really like the barn shows because we have like fires and it's BYO. So people can just, you know, kind of have picnics in the summertime out there. Fry Family Farm is our outdoor venue. And we've been working with them since 2018. They came to our third concert and they reached out and they were like, we want to build a venue. Are you interested in pairing up? And so we've been with them every single summer and they are awesome. They, there are, they're, you know, it's almost like they're a part of the full collective thing. Cause we, we built the venue together. When, when I went over to Fry Family Farm, they're like, this is our dirt patch. Um, <laughs> which way should we orient the stage? And where should we, you know, like, what should the stage look like? And, you know, we, they, they did all the work to make, to transform the space, but, it's been a collaboration and they're awesome. They have, you know, we share all the same values with, you know, they're, they were the, I think the first organic farm in um, the Valley. Mm-hmm. I think it was, I could be totally botching this, but I want to say it was 50 years ago. That could be, it could be a little less than that, but they are like a, they're a huge operation and they're growing amazing food and amazing flowers. I don't know if you're a flower girl. I am. I'm a super flower. I used to work on a flower farm, which is, I loved it. I'm actually going to start my own flower farm in the next couple. It's my, one of my future dreams. I love it. They they grow the most beautiful flowers and I always um, buy them and then dry them at the end of the season. But I love, I love working with them and they've just been nothing but supportive. They, whenever we're, you know, putting on shows or talking about the future, the support of artists is always something they're like checking in with. Is this, you know, will this work for them? So they've been, they're, they're very aware of how hard it is to, you know, support artists and to put on professional shows. Cause there are, there's like a lot of music happening, but what we're doing is really trying to have 
listening focused, like shows that are just truly like supporting the arts, honoring the arts and what the artists are doing, which, you know, like our artists aren't background. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there are some shows that are like louder and kind of dancey just because it's summer and it's outdoors. But last summer we had a folk singer come. Her name was Haley Hendricks. And she was supposed to come with a band and I think her band got sick or they just couldn't come. So she came solo and it was sold out. So there was about 300 people there and she held the whole space. Everyone was like, the whole space was quiet. And that's really like, that's, it's quite an impressive feat Mm -hmm. to hold that many people outside when people are drinking and eating and there's kids and that's, you know, it's a testament to her talent, but also the audience that we've been like training the audience. Like, Hey, like if you want to go out and drink and listen to music, but like it'd be background, like there's so many places to do that. And like, this is our, that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. Like this is, we want you to hear the lyrics. We want people to hear the storytelling because it's, you know, it's singer, songwriter, folk stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've had, we've really been just grateful for our partnerships and all different, you know, like in Ashton, we work with La Baguette, which is a really sweet cafe that my friend Jenica and Meryl, it's a daughter son duo who own the bakery. They supported us through COVID because we did all of our shows outdoors for two years. And we did shows through winter outdoors, which was just wild. <laughs> and, like, we had so many fire pits and like propane heaters. Like every friend that I had that had a propane heater, I was like, hey, like calling them up. Can I borrow your heater again? They they let us crash at their venue. Our next show is actually there, but it's, it's indoors. So they've been great over the years too. So, I mean, our whole community is just welcomed the full collective and just said like, like when I have an ask, like, Hey, we, you know, we need donations or we're looking for a venue. Like right now we're looking for a place where a band can stay for like four nights. Like, do you have two extra bedrooms? And, you know, people just like Facebook message me or email. We're really supported in a lot of different ways. And that's, it just feels awesome. Mm-hmm. It makes my job, like my job is challenging, but I'm constantly being like reminded, like, okay, people want this and they care about it. And so I keep, I'm like, okay, I'll keep doing it. If you keep supporting me, I'll keep doing it. You wanted to know about the roving concerts. Yes. People ask me about that all the time because they were so fun. And sadly, the trailer and all the electric Parts moved to Wisconsin. That was my friend's business, Solarola. They do solar electric vehicles, which is this the coolest. Like, you don't need to plug their vehicles in. You just have your solar panels open up, collect the sunlight, and then your vehicle can go. And they power their Tesla with their solar panels. Really? They're just super cool. That's impressive. It's impressive. They're doing... Yeah, their company is called Solarola, and they they are doing a, a, it's not a sprinter, but it's like a sprinter-sized van right now that's a solar, solar-powered. That's going to be a popular item. Yeah, <laughs> it's super cool. And they've traveled around, they have like a lot of videos. They had a, um, a VW bus 
that they converted and that they did like they do road trips in it and the top pops up still so you can they have a family of four and they sleep in in their VW bus. They're very impressive. <laughs> so we um during so that was their trailer that was that solar was trailer. powered. It was solar powered. Yeah. So you know we couldn't do anything through COVID. It was just such a questionable time to be. I mean, people were, it was so weird and people were so scared. There was no gathering in groups, no concerts or anything. And so we, we thought, okay, well, if we have a moving vehicle that goes to different spots, like people can't gather quick enough, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we, you know, hired all the local musicians and Kira and Brett, they, you know, they had the trailer and they built a, the battery system so we could plug our all of our instruments in and our amplifier sound system mm-hmm. into that and then the van also was electric so there was no exhaust that the bands would breathe in because right. I've seen you know like a trailer or like a float where um you know you have a vehicle and the, you know the sound is being powered by that but then you're breathing in all these exhaust fumes which is pretty funky, especially if you're an artist on that vehicle for a long time. Um, so our vehicle was like just cruising around completely silent, um, you know, zero emissions. And then also the sound of the engine and all that, like there was none of that. It was just this like just the music portable generator. I was like, Oh, we could, you know, drive this into a field and it could power a full concert. So we, you know, we were, we were thinking about a lot of ideas during that time, but they helped it. That was completely impossible without their like ingenuity. And, you know, we were like rigging up lighting systems and they were drilling metal into, you know, just like uh, strapping the chairs down, like drilling it into the trailer so the artist could sit without jiggling around. And you're even... <laughs> She drilled um, cup holders <laughs> so they could so have their <laughs> drinks while they were cruising. It was wow. really fun. Like I, I, my band Hollis Peach, which well, it's my partner's band Dan, but we got to perform on the stage as it was moving around. It was really, it was just too fun, especially after not gathering and not like celebrating as, as artists. Like we're almost like dogs. We're like, we need claps to like feel good about ourselves. So like, uh, you know, whenever the artists like f- finish the song and then get claps, we're like, oh, like, oh, we're special. We're, because, you know, most artists had been doing, you know, online concerts yeah. where you do a song to like a computer and then it'd be dead silent afterward. And, and you like, say some chats. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, uh, is the song done? Like something feels wrong because you're not like getting, you're not getting clapped at. So yeah. Yeah, they're really fun, and we put all their shows on for, for free. I mean, people donated. We had, like, a bucket that was, like, six feet away from the artists. But all those shows happened because of donations from our community. Like, before the – we had – I had the idea, and I, like, Photoshopped a picture of the trailer, and I was like, you know, do you guys want this? If you do, donate, and – you know, people donated money and that's how we pay for everything, the artists and, you know, the supplies. And so it was just a time where we asked the community and they were like, yep, 
here you go. Yeah. Do the project. And that's fantastic. It was really lovely to be able to do something. We just were, you know, sitting on our butts and being sad that we had to cancel so many shows. And, you know, for the full collective, we were just gearing up to, to, we were just growing. We were going into our third year of a new, you know, as a business. It's like, I had all these big plans. I was like, cool, we're going to do shows at SOU. We're going to, you know, hold bigger shows. I had like amazing artists booked and it was definitely like a kick in the butt. As I know, it was for so many businesses. It was, you know, it's challenging in all different ways. And I feel like we're kind of forgetting that, which is great. You know, we're like kind of out of this. <laughs> last year was coming out of it. Yeah, sure. yeah. Last year was not normal still. For the music industry, like the first third or fourth of the year, artists were still not touring as much and we were, people still weren't feeling comfortable to be inside. So it was not a normal financial year or touring year for the Folk Collective, but it feels like we like, like, I want to look for wood in this room and knock <laughs> on it. Um, but, you know, as artists we are constantly, we're not stable. It is not a stable career. And so a a skill that we have, and, you know, I talked to my partner, Dan, about this through COVID a lot. was just, we're constantly pivoting and like adjusting and evaluating. Like we did this thing we put into this world. You know, we did a project, we put in a record. How was it received? What worked, what didn't? And like, what's our next step? And so with COVID, you know, we just sat on our butts and like, we're sad for a minute. (laughs) And then we're like, okay, what are we going to do? A lot of people just didn't do anything because they couldn't do their normal thing. So they're like, I'll wait until we can do a normal thing again. And for us, we're just, what, you know, what can we do? What, What things would work right now? Because we've no idea, you know, if we would have, waited around until we could do our normal thing, the folk collective would would be dead. It wouldn't be around anymore because it was two years. I think that's the case probably with most businesses. If you did not pivot and you did not switch your direction, you'd be waiting for a while. Too long. Yeah. Too long. You wouldn't have been able to sustain with, you know, the grants or the financial relief that was offered. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's a good lesson of just, yeah, we're here. Yay. Yes. And what, what do you have coming up this mm-hmm. year? Tell us about some of the, <laughs> some of the bands yeah. that will be playing, some of the performers. We have a lot of really good returning acts, acts that we loved and then instantly reached out. Like when you're coming through, let us know because we want to host you again because part of our goal, part of our like, mission is to help artists grow right like we want them to come through and play a show that's like 50 seats the next time come through and play a show that's 100 seats and help them gather a great audience so having people come back over and over is a part of what we want to do and just help them grow from you know like we just hosted john craigie in december and he played the armory and he was our second concert ever in 2018 and at that first show we had 70 people and then we had 450 at the last show that he had so he's you know we want to 
support artists so they come through and they make a living wage. Like that is our mission statement is artists not just paying for their gas, but for artists to pay their mortgages. Like we want artists to be able to continue their careers into their thirties and their forties and, and not have to start a new career in something else because they couldn't make it work with music, music. Cause we, you know, I'm in my, I'm in my thirties and a lot of our peers who are professional artists like had to make that decision that, you know, they can't sustain the lifestyle where they're going on the road and, you know, making okay money, but then they come home and they, you know, they're not being able to sustain their growing families. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, you know, I'd like to own a home or I'd like to not, you know, always just be, be surviving. Mm-hmm. You know, I want our artists to thrive. to thrive. Yeah. I want them to know that we really care about their art and to really value it because I think, you know, music is something that we, it's ubiquitous, right? Like we experience music all the time, like in the radio, in every shop that you go to, you know, I went to an art gallery at the first Friday national recently, and there wasn't music playing and I could feel the absence of that. I was like, that show was great and it needed a pairing of music. And so it's something we experience all the time and we don't realize if you're not in the industry, you don't know what goes into making that happen. And as a musician, I know how much work goes into making one song, um, let alone five albums and being that performer for, you know, 10 years. How much goes into touring, how much energy goes into being on the road. So having that experience and valuing it, I'm like, okay, I know what that's like. And let me, let me share with the audience or with the community, like music is important. And it, you know, I think everyone could say like, this is a song that makes me feel happy. Or like when I'm sad, this is the music I go to. And so just knowing that that just, that music doesn't just like pop out of the air, right? Like that song could have taken someone 10 years to write and, you know, $50,000 to make that record. And we want that artist to make back that $50,000 and make another hundred so that, you know, they can sustain that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm super, (laughs) clearly super passionate about educating and creating spaces for artists and valuing them and taking care of them while they're here in our community. And that culture is very much being recognized outside of our community like artists reach out to me all the time. They're like, I, we hear about the full collective all the time. We want to come. And we've had just the, the, the experience when the artists walk away, they're like, that was amazing. I feel so like nurtured. The audience was listening. I had organic food from Fry Family Farm. The Newman Hotel group put me up. You know, Jefferson Public Radio came and like announced us and did a live session for us. So they just show up and they like, Everything that they need is supported here, which is is totally our intention. Yeah, the way it should be. Totally, the which way it should be. Yeah. Totally. So we're, you know, we we are hoping to like create a culture. Yeah, I yeah. think you are part of our future. Is like we want to start other folk collectives, like or and we want to start other folk collectives, and we also want to connect with other venues, and so artists can you know book five shows in a row and know that. Each show is going to 
you know, sustain them and support them. So just Mm -hmm. making it easier for artists who are, you know, really talented and working really hard that they can do what they want, which is create music and perform and do less of the business stuff. Which is is something that probably goes a long way to their creativity as well, right? Totally. more that they can hand off that other piece of it, um, the more they can focus on their art. Yeah, Yeah. their art. Yeah, exactly. The work that they want to do. Yeah, instead of like sitting on social media, right? <laughs> trying, to, trying to do promotions and creating all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a lot. So most, I'm guessing, shows are announced on your website, yes. which we will put in the show link cool. so that people can check that out there. Yeah. And how many are you going to have this year? We are working on producing more shows. I have help now. We have a production manager. So we did 19 last year, which was awesome. It was the most we've ever done. We typically do 13 to 15. So last year we did 19 and we're shooting for 23 to 25 this year, which, you know, is very likely because artists are just like rearing to go. I almost have the whole summer booked already. They just, artists are like, okay, COVID is over. We're ready. COVID is over. And I'm getting like so many emails like over the hospital. Like, it's Christmas. Can I just take a week off? And everyone's like, no, please. We want dates. Can we we book our dates? So yeah, we're going to host more concerts than we ever have. And we're working with some new venues. I think we're going to finally get our first show with SOU Recital Hall, which is just a really beautiful listening space, which is really cool. And we just did our first show with the Armory, which is really fun. Um, and so, you know, we're just kind of open to working with new venues. Talked to um, someone recently about a venue in Jacksonville. So we're just slowly growing and making sure that we can do a really good job with every show we do. Like that is, that's what I care about is just doing you know, one thing well at a time. And, um, I'm not interested in growing really fast and then kind of falling apart or losing the quality or losing the the passion. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Too. Totally. Keep that yeah. going. Making sure that we don't do too much, um, until we can support it financially too. So, uh, we will see what the year holds, but so far we have a lot of really talented artists. We also have, couple of new I guess underwriters or just community supporters who've reached out and said hey I really want I love this artist this artist and I will financially support that show mm-hmm. and so we've booked a show this summer where you know this community member is gonna financially support the show to happen and wouldn't there's no way we could have done it otherwise because they're just such a big act that mm-hmm. ticket sales would never be able to to pay them. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, you know, that's amazing. it's so, it's so fun. They're just like, we love this artist. Like we love that artist too. <laughs> like great. You know, but people in the community are often coming up with ideas that, you know, we can just, we can do it at this point. You know, we hired a grant writer last year, which is great because I wasn't doing a great job at that. <laughs> it's not, not my forte. So we're hoping to get into education, which is, we did our first workshop February, 2022. <laughs> and then two weeks later, 
COVID happened. So we were just getting into education, which was something that was always part of the plan. So that is definitely something that we're going to be working on again next year because artists come through and they have so many things to share. So we want to have the artists, you know, do the workshop, come and teach about, you know, certain type of guitar picking or songwriting or singing technique or, you know, storytelling. There's so much that the artists have learned that I'd love to have them share with our community and just kind of break down that barrier between, you know, the artists on stage and the community, like that separateness mm -hmm. and kind of create a circle where there's more uh, connection that can happen between the artists and the community. They, they feel welcomed at home and then our aspiring artists can grow and, you know, just be inspired by someone who's, you know, a master at their craft. Like, okay, I'm learning how to play guitar. I've been playing guitar for 10 years and I've plateaued. So that's something that we're, we're definitely working on this year as well. So I'm not sure when that will come to fruition, but there's definitely there. lots of seedlings in, <laughs> in the works for that too. Yeah. That is a lot of seedlings. Yeah. I'm glad you have a new, <laughs> new hire. Yes. Otherwise, that would be a lot to take on. It is. And that's why, you know, I've, I've been the bottleneck of things happening. Yeah. Because there's only so much I can do. And last year we had to bring a baby. I was going to say, you were your mom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're doing it all one-handed yeah. now. <laughs> well, he's a good sleeper. So I have very long naps where I get to sit down and, and focus. And Dan is, he works from home too. So we're just like back and forth with Fable, which was always the plan. Like I always wanted to be a part-time mom. And the Folk Collective has just seamlessly fit into our, our lives, which is amazing because I get to see Fable all day, but also I'm not, you know, I'm not at work and I'm, it just works. Both. I get both. Yeah. I'm, I, I feel so blessed. And then Fable gets to come to the shows and people get to meet him. And, and then, yeah, music is just a part of his being. And he's seeing music musicians for the second time. Like, <laughs> you're a year old and you're like, oh yeah, I'm a big AJB fan, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. As he grows older, he's going to really get to yeah. enjoy. And yeah, it's going to be really fascinating to see what his life is with just like, you know, dad picking on the guitar and the banjo all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really fun. I love being a mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of fun. So yeah. Lovely mix. Yeah. So now that you, you've been here some time now mm -hmm. and Ashland is obviously where your passion and home is, yeah. I'd love to hear kind of more about what you, I mean, you've, you've touched on this already a little bit, what you love about the area and, you know, obviously the natural beauty, mm -hmm. but when you're not doing folk collective <laughs> things, <laughs> Some of the places that you hang out or mm -hmm. just things that you think of that, that really drew you to this spot or mm -hmm. that you've really appreciated about being here. Mm -hmm. Well, the food. So the Tuesday farmer's market, the Saturday farmer's market. You know, sometimes I just go there just for the community. You know, just that feeling of like all the people. It's just such a healthy environment, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's there like thinking about the food that they're going to eat that week or, you know, going to get 
raw sprouted kale chips from the raw lady. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just, it's just a great way to connect with the community. And I love that. And that's, I mean, that's where our first, our first performance was for Patchy Sanders. Our first band was at the Tuesday market. You know, we just went there and it's like, this is a place where you can kind of, you can go and people can hear you. And that's where we, you know, build our first fans. So I love, I love the markets. Um, Dan and I live a few blocks from the Ashland Food Co-op. So we're there every day. You know, sometimes it's the only time we leave the house is when we walk to the the co-op and we're like, okay, what are we getting for lunch? And we'll walk to the co-op and then we'll walk to the co-op before dinner. And like the cash register, the people who work there know Fable and like come and say hi to him. They know his name. So, I mean, it's silly, but like food, you know, we do food every day, multiple times a day. It's it's, silly. It's It's life, you know, like between music and food and friends, like that's kind of my social life, which it feels great to me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we walk down to La Baguette and they do morning music, which that's some of my favorite Mm -hmm. community moments where it's, you know, it's less... A lot of times, you know, we're putting on shows that are really professional. And so there's, it's really like, it's super clear. I'm like, okay, it starts at seven and, you know, I'm not necessarily sitting and just like taking in the music. I'm, I'm producing a show. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about like, oh, that person doesn't have a seat. That person looks cold. Should I adjust the thermostat? Like I'm constantly thinking about the user experience of the show, but then I can go to La Baguette and just sit there and like drink beautiful tea or coffee. And there's, you know, they have this whole outdoor seating area with fire pit, fire pits. And, and then I can just see like a, a jam with really good musicians. And that's just like so soul filling. And, you know, it's in the morning. I, I'm a morning person. Me too. It's just, <laughs> I wake up and I'm, I'm the happiest and life feels really possible. And then I can sit and, you know, and then right next door is Hilltop Music Shop. And they're, you know, huge music supporters. And Wayne and Lily, who own it, they are both musicians as well. And constantly, like, bringing guitars over to La Vega, like, check out this new amazing instrument we have. We're like, wait, we can't afford that. Although we, we definitely just bought a guitar from him. <laughs> a very beautiful guitar. And then next, uh, like, at the end of that little area is Getting Gear. Which is just endless deals. That's true. I, I love, like, been in a you know, while. we just go in there for fun, right? We just yeah. walk around and talk to Greg, who's the owner. I mean, for me, Ashland is the fact that it's the businesses are still owned by real people, and those people are in the community. Mm-hmm. Like that is something that doesn't exist in a lot of other communities that I find so nourishing. Like. I know Greg who owns Gang Gear and Jenna Ken Merrill who own La Baguette. And, you know, Eli, I know him. He lives two blocks away from me who owns the brick room. And I know that his mom lives, you know, like we just have such a a tight community and things feel really possible in this area where if you have an idea and you have a good product that you care about, that you'll find support here. And, that's really unique. It's not necessarily 
true across this country. And so this has been a really awesome place. You know, I started two bands here, which are, you know, they're, they're businesses, right? Like they're legally businesses and the full collective, which is a nonprofit, they've all done really great. And then we've always found support mm-hmm. in our community and, you know, that's huge. It is. You know, yeah, I find something that, people speak to that yeah, as well. Yeah. The community. Yeah. And I think what you're saying of where you, because there is that, uh, individual ownership, right? You've got somebody there. They understand what it's like to mm-hmm. own a small business. Mm-hmm. So of course they're going to be willing to help somebody else yeah. out. And it, it, it's the reciprocity mm-hmm. that happens. Absolutely. Is super important. And it's what keeps everybody afloat. Mm-hmm. It's what keeps everybody moving forward together. And uh, yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing as mm-hmm. well. And caring. Like if you want to burn bridges in this valley, like go ahead, but there's going to be like three bridges before there's no more bridges, yeah. you know, like you really have to show up and live your morals and, you know, you're not always going to make everyone happy, but, um, I think the integrity that's in this community is, in my experience, has been really high that like, if there's conflict, it's like, okay, we need to work it out. You just, you don't just like walk away from something because, there's, you know, there's only a few people you can work with, right? And it's, it's like, you have to really care about your neighbor. And I think that's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Like in a city, it's like, you know, maybe you don't find that. I don't know. I don't live in cities anymore. <laughs> never, will, ever, ever again. <laughs> did you find it as a, as a shock to your system at all? Because it doesn't sound like you mm-hmm. did. No. It sounds like you just... No, I found the spot that I should have been, been the whole time. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I was like, oh, this is life. Ah. This is what living well is. Mm-hmm. You know, like walking walking to the grocery store, walking... I mean, we have a a main street going like going down Ashland or in Ashland is like a downtown mm-hmm. and that doesn't exist in where I grew up. It was just like suburban sprawl, mm-hmm. right? Like there's your box stores you go to, but like there is a central meeting location in Ashland and right next door is like the amazing Lithia park. And at the top is the reservoir where you can go swim in the afternoon and bump into your friends. Like, you know, you just, that community sense that is built in Ashland mm-hmm. is something that if you live somewhere that doesn't exist, you, like you cherish it. I, yeah. I cherish it. Yeah. Yeah. It creates that feeling of a natural gathering mm-hmm. space, right? It's a natural spot that people are drawn to. Totally. Um, for many reasons, you know, yeah, all the, the shops, great restaurants, restaurants the theater, yeah. all the things, yeah. but the park, but it draws people mm-hmm. in. And then, of course, that's where the connections yeah, happen. Bump into, yeah. you know, like you see your doctor and then, you know, Dan gives lessons. Like he gives lessons to my doctor. And, you know, we like know people in all these different sorts of ways. We're connected. And, mm-hmm. you know, then you see, you know, your acupuncturist at the co-op. And mm-hmm. you're like, thank you for the session this morning. Right. <laughs> like you just can see people in different lights. And you're like, yeah. oh, you're with your family. And people are dynamic. And it's lovely. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of that. <laughs> totally. I appreciate it. I'm always like, I'm the Ashland ambassador. Like, you are. about Ashland. And I will tell you, like, my favorite restaurants and my favorite stores. And, I mean, the library is incredible. It's gorgeous. And it's such a resource. Like, if you're sick, 
where you need a, you know, a recipe book or a great novel, like you can just go to the front and be like, Hey, will you help me? And they like are just excited, right? Like, and mm-hmm. it's, if you need to use the internet or across the street, there's, you know, all these like secondhand clothing stores that are well curated and an organic lotion store. Like, you know, there's just, there's so much mm-hmm. offered in such a small space and, and all those places are owned by local people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good reasons to get out and support them and connect yeah, too. Totally. So now I know who to call whenever I'm like, because I I get to Ashland. I'm in Grants Pass, yeah. where I live. But yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm all over the place. But it's funny. I I get to my. I tend to go to my favorites, right? So you get on this yeah. habit, like, oh no, 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 I need to break that and mm-hmm. go to some of these newer places that have come up in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And because there, there are some good ones. Yeah. Like yeah. so much good coffee. There's like so <laughs> many good coffee places. Which one am I going to go to? Like which award-winning coffee shop <laughs> should, I go, should I walk to this yeah. morning? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a good problem to have. Exactly. <laughs> problem. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, get yourself to Ashland. <laughs> I'll just see you at the co-op. Or you can go hang out at the co-op. There you go. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll see y'all or talk to y'all next week. This podcast is produced by Simona Fino and co-produced by James Dedakis and Jaded Media. Original music by Samuel Lawrence.